Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Anxiety Rx podcast. I am your host, Dr. Russ Kennedy, anxiety specialist, anxiety doctor, neuroscientist, anxiety sufferer, whatever you want to call me. I've been all those things. And I created this podcast so you don't have to suffer with anxiety the way that I did because I suffered for many, many, many years. And I didn't get a lot of relief from traditional therapy, so I had to find my own way. And this podcast is explaining a lot of the way that I found to heal anxiety because I don't want you to have to suffer like I did because you don't have to. You don't have to suffer like I did. There are different ways of looking at anxiety and ways that you can heal it as opposed to just coping and managing it, which is, I think, a lot of what talk therapy does is they help you cope with and manage it. And I really want to get you to a place where you're you're able to heal it and you're able to heal it on your own, where you're able to do something that feels effective because the worst part of anxiety is not knowing when it's going to end and not having anything to do about it other than take medications and stuff. So I really wanted to give you something different. And the book, Anxiety Rx, is all about that. And yeah, today that was me playing guitar on the intro, and I think I will do that from now on on my podcast because I love my guitar. It's one of those things that really helps me soothe my own alarm, and I'll go to it a lot when I'm feeling alarmed because I think vibration really, positive, soothing vibration makes a huge difference in your physiology. And today, I really wanted to talk about alarm. I wanted to talk about it. It's probably way too late because uh, I really should have done this episode a lot earlier. But if you've been following the things that I've been talking about so far, you'll catch right on to this. So it's really about this sense of alarm. And how does this alarm start? Well, it starts by having trauma in your childhood, typically, not always. It can be PTSD as an adult. But trauma in your childhood that was too much for you to bear, which, of course, for most children it is. Trauma is very difficult to, to manage at the best of times. And if you have an, a, an attuned parent who's attached to you and they show you, they see you, hear you, and love you, it's a lot easier to manage those traumas and they don't get stuffed into your body as alarm because they were metabolized at the time that they occurred when you were younger. But a lot of us didn't have those attuned parents because those parents themselves were traumatized and you can't give what you didn't get. So we're faced with blaming our parents sometimes when a lot of times it really wasn't their fault. And I know there's some horrendous parents out there. I, I agree. They're, and But they probably suffered some horrendous traumas themselves because nobody's born, you know, a narcissist or an abuser or whatever. It happens through our lives. You know, the experiences that we go through in our lives make us try to meet our own needs as best we can. And if we don't get our needs met in an attached, loving, caring way that we're seen, heard, and loved in our families of origin, we'll find other ways of doing it manipulation, lying, people-pleasing, rescuing, all these things are a strategy, defensive accommodations, they're called in somatic experiencing, to get your needs met. And that's what, and they work. On some level, they work. It does work on some level when you're a child to lie if you're faced with, you know, punishment for something. And that can become a way of life because it does work. Like the negative, maladaptive coping strategies help us in a way, or at least the child in us perceives that they helped us. And then we just follow them until the wheels fall off. 
And a lot of those coping strategies, and worry is one of those coping strategies, worry kind of makes the uncertain more certain. It makes it more painful, but it also makes it more certain because uncertainty to many of us worriers when, when we're younger and to this day is one of the most painful experiences we can go through because when we were a child and we went through uncertainty, we didn't really have the adaptive coping parents that we needed to see us through that. So what happens when you don't have that adaptive coping caregiver to help you through trauma, because there's, you know, childhood is <laughs> full of traumas, is that we wind up bearing it. We suppress it or repress it or whatever term, Freudian term you want to use to get that alarm out of our immediate consciousness. So we stuff it into the unconscious. And I propose that the body, as a representation of the unconscious mind, often holds those old traumas that were too much for us to bear as children. So for me, watching my father go psychotic or manic was really, really disturbing for me. So I couldn't handle it. So I stuffed it into my body so that I could cope. I could go to school. I could do my chores around the house or whatever I had to do. So, and I think there's a lot of us that, that dealt with that, that had parents who were in addiction or were abusive or abandoning or neglecting or rejecting or bullied us on some level. And that's trauma that's too much for the child to bear. So it winds up getting stuffed down into the unconscious mind. And, and from there, it's a short hop into your body. So today I want to talk about alarm and how that alarm gets stored in your body. So for me, when I saw my father go manic or psycho psychotic and admitted to hospital, taken away in ambulance or whatever, you know, that was too much trauma for me. So I wound up stuffing it down and it took me a trip on LSD to find it, which is basically it's in my solar plexus, which is kind of where my ribs meet in the center. I've described it many times before. It's, it's a hot kind of purple, crystalline, sharp pressure that pushes up into my heart and into my back. And that, I, that alarm, I believe, is my younger self that got left behind. Because there is a theory in psychology that if you get a significant trauma when you're younger, part of you gets frozen at that age. And I think that's true. I think part of me got stuck in that alarm, and I'm still there. I'm still there as that 9, 10, 14-year-old watching his dad lose it. You know, he was never abusive or uh, aggressive, but, you know, he was psychotic. He lost touch with reality, which, you know, for a child, especially a male child, seeing their role model go completely psychotic like that was really, really difficult for me. So I stuffed it into my body as alarm, and it's still there, and it's still there. 40 years later, it's still there. But I've made friends with it now, and I, that's what I'm trying to get across to you today is, is that can you find the alarm in your body? So one of the things that I tell people is think back to a trauma from your, from your childhood. And don't pick the worst trauma of your life, of course, but pick a trauma that's, that's bothering you, that bothers you still. And see if you can scan your body somewhere between your chin and your pubic bone. You know, And often I'll get people to ground first, you know, if you have the opportunity to Put your feet flat on the floor or feel your butt in the chair. Or if you're lying down, just really feel the support of the surface that you're on. Relax your jaw. Let your shoulders relax. 
Just really feel the support of whatever you're sitting or lying on. And then just bring that trauma to mind. Again, don't pick the worst trauma of your life, but you know, pick something that troubles you from your childhood. And then just scan your body, again, like I said, between your chin and your pubic bones, usually in the midline of the body, but it can be anywhere. It can be across the shoulders, it could be in the thighs, but often it's the midline of the body and sort of the chest kind of area or the throat. Just see if there's an area that kind of lights up. And sometimes the analogy that I use is like a breakup. Just about everybody I know has gone through a bad breakup in their lives and can kind of bring that back. And it's a similar kind of feeling. It's kind of a heartache, but it may not be felt around the heart. For many people, they feel it in their throat or, or their belly or their solar plexus, like I feel it. So is there a place in your body that kind of lights up when you think back to that alarm, when you bring it to mind? Because often that's the place that needs to be healed. Often that's the site of the alarm. That's your frozen self at the time of the trauma, whether or not your parents got divorced or a family member died or you know, even a, a very warm and loving pet passing away can create alarm in our system as a child, especially if that pet was really, really important to you. Because I speak to a lot of people with chronic anxiety and their pet was really the source of their, their comfort when their parents weren't available to them. And sometimes their parents aren't available to them through omission. They're, they're just not there. Or sometimes they're not available through commission. They're actually abusive or neglectful, or bullying. So their pet was really, really important. So the loss of their pet was just a crushing, crushing blow. And I find a lot of people can find their alarm when they start thinking about a pet that they lost when they were younger. So it's really locating that sense of alarm and then realizing that that, that is your younger self. And the alarm is just asking for your attention. And sometimes the alarm shows up as physical issues, irritable bowel syndrome, fibromyalgia. It will show up in your body. And often I'll see people with chronic diseases that they show up with at a, a fairly young age, 40s and 50s for rheumatoid arthritis, for example. And a lot of it is old trauma that just hasn't been resolved. It hasn't been metabolized. And that's how it's manifesting. And in a way, it's a message to you so irritable bowel, fibromyalgia, arthritis to some extent is a message to you that you have to pay attention to this alarm to find, go in and find this younger version of yourself that's still frozen there in time. So all the CBT, all the talk therapy, that really isn't going to fix the underlying problem. It may help you think better, but you really have to learn to feel better. And it's not so much about feeling better, it's getting better at feeling. It's, it's really feeling the, the range of emotions that we can feel as human beings rather than being narrowed by this alarm. Because this alarm will take us over when we hit that survival physiology where a lot of adrenaline or cortisone hits our, our, cortisol hits our system, we start going into survival. And when we go into survival, as I've said in previous episodes, we start thinking, we overthink, we worry. And that just makes it worse because you're going into your head when really what you need to do is go into your body is find that alarm in your system and heal that. 
and really see, hear, and love that child in you that's still in there, that's still frozen, thank God that that alarm is there because it shows you, it gives you a conduit to actually a portal to find that younger version of yourself. For me, like I said, it's in my solar plexus. So when I get alarmed, I put my hand over it. I breathe into it. I try and talk to my younger self sometime and really just reassure them that, look, I'm with you. I'm always going to be here for you. I'm never going to leave you. For as long as we walk the earth, we'll be together. And that reassures that younger version of yourself because they felt alone for so long. And that's why the alarm is so intense because they're trying to get your attention and they'll get your attention with emotional issues, but they'll also, if they're not heard emotionally when they're yelling and that alarm gets louder, they'll start going into your body. They'll start creating havoc in your body. And it's really this sense of alarm. And this is the root cause of so many illnesses. And I saw this as a medical doctor and I couldn't do much about it, which is one of the reasons I left medicine because it wasn't really dealing with the root cause which for a lot of people is this unresolved childhood wounding. And I don't want to make everything sound like it's all in your childhood, it's all childhood wounding, but a lot of it frickin' is childhood wounding. And there's so many blind spots that we have. You know, I have a guy in my practice who his dad used to beat him, and he looks at it now as a positive. Yeah, he beat me on a regular basis. You know, sometimes I would have to go to the hospital, but it made me tough. It made me the man I am today. It made me a, a successful salesperson because I never say no. Well, not really, because you're racked with anxiety and alarm. So there's so many blind spots that we have for our own traumas. A lot of people will tell me, my childhood was great. And I'll look back into it and it's like, no, it really wasn't. You know, you became the adult of the family too early. You grew up too soon. You adopted things that were far beyond your capabilities, which is a lot of what us anxious people do. We become overachievers in a lot of ways because we have done everything everyone else does, but we've done it with 100 pounds of fear in our back. And one of the things I talk about with anxiety is it makes you overestimate threat and underestimate your ability to cope with it. And a lot of us anxious people are very, very competent when the shit hits the fan. When things go badly, we actually do really, really well because we've been preparing for this for our whole lives. But it's really about getting back to that sense of alarm. It's really about finding it. And once you find it, once you localize it in your system, then you can actually do something about the root cause of your anxiety, which is not in your mind at all. It's actually in your body as this state of alarm. And this is a pretty cursory explanation of it here on the podcast, but I, I really want to just sort of dip into it and give you an idea. If you haven't read my book, if you hadn't, if you hadn't heard of what I've talked about before in the past about anxiety being more of a problem of stored alarm in the body than actually the thoughts of the mind. It's the alarm in the body that triggers the mind. The mind is always reading the body through a process called interoception, which is when the mind, the brain, reads the body. And if it reads this alarm and it knows the alarm is uncomfortable and it perceives it as dangerous, which because it takes us back to the time we're six, seven, nine years old, it does feel like it's dangerous. So it does feel like we can't handle it doesn't really recognize the fact that we are, you know, 30, 40, 50, 60 years old now, and we actually can handle it. 
if we know where to look for it, if we know how to deal with it, if we just try and deal with the thoughts, we're dealing with the byproduct of the alarm. So it's fixing the alarm, connecting with the alarm. And how do you fix alarm? Well, you find it first. And that's what this podcast is all about, is finding your alarm. Where is it in your body? Is it, does it feel hot? Does it feel cold? Does it feel sharp? Does it feel dull? Does it have a texture? Does it have a color? You know, all these kind of things, when you drill down to your alarm, the more items you have to identify your alarm, the more you can attach to it, the more you can find it, the more you can feel it. And the more you feel it, the more you can heal it. So I apologize if this this episode is a little vague because it is a concept that a lot of people have a very difficult time understanding. I know I did for a long time. It took me two years after LSD and ayahuasca and MDMA and all that kind of stuff to really be able to put this into its proper perspective. So I don't expect you to get it in one 20-minute podcast. But I really want you to look when you feel quote-unquote anxious, you know, to really notice that you're actually feeling alarmed And where do you feel that alarm in your body? Because we can use that site of alarm as a conduit to your younger self and help heal that younger self and actually bring love, care, and attention. See, hear, and love that alarm as you would see, hear, and love a child that was asking for your attention because that's exactly what is happening. Now, I'll talk more about this in later podcasts, but it's really about finding the alarm Anxiety of the mind isn't the problem, and we're chasing our tails when we're trying to fix our thoughts. And again, there's nothing wrong with cognitive therapy. You have to understand, you have to get a coherent narrative, a story of your life. That's very important. But the story, understanding the story and changing the story from a thought perspective is not going to heal you. Changing the story from a feeling perspective, actually addressing the alarm in your system, finding it, loving it, seeing it, hearing it, loving it, that is what's going to heal you. That is what healed me, and that is what makes me infinitely better than I was five years ago with my anxiety. Anxiety doesn't have to be a life sentence, but unless you're addressing the root cause, it probably will be a life sentence for you. Unless you really understand that this is an alarm state in your body from your younger self that's still in you, that's still hurting, that you need to go in and and help and love and see and hear and love. That's what allows you to move past anxiety is moving past and through the alarm. So thanks for joining me. I do this because I don't want you to suffer with anxiety the way that I did. Because you don't have to. There is a solution now. There is a way out that actually works. Not a bunch of thought solutions that sort of look like they work, but they don't really get at the underlying root cause. And that's what I'm here for. So please continue to listen. Uh, Tell your friends, tell anyone you know that struggles with anxiety because there is help. And it's coming from a very atypical source, but from a very typical medical doctor and neuroscientist. So I'll see you next time.